the critical mind, right? The dialogue, whether you're looking in the mirror or picture or whatever. For me now, it's like such a revelation that, wow, what, what do I really see? If I were pretending that this was my friend, what am I really seeing? Does she look happy? Does she look confident? What does she look like? And what, what am I getting from this picture, from the essence and not always how perfect the body or the face or the expression looks or how symmetric, but rather what sparks in me when I look at that picture. Welcome to Let's Thrive the Podcast, a place for holistic storytelling with none of the BS and a whole lot of fun. I'm your host, Emily Feichels, and my mission is to interview guests that inspire, educate, and empower you to live your best life. In these stories, you'll see a part of your own journey reflected in theirs and learn to grow from it. And with that said, let's thrive. Welcome back to Let's Thrive the Podcast. I'm your host, Emily Feichels, and it's a pleasure to have you here as always. Good morning from Austin, Texas. It's a Thursday. It's a little gloomy out, but the sun is starting to peak, and I think overall it's going to be a great day. <laughs> or this is me trying to fool myself, as it's been one of those little slightly frustrating mornings where things continually go wrong, but attempting to turn that shit around, make a great day out of it. And yeah, I just, I think I'll be able to, I think I'm coming to some gratitude now and I'll be able to look past the the little things. Uh, I will share the latest little thing that went wrong this morning was I have a Berkey water filter. If you don't know what it is, you can Google it, but it's basically this big like canister water filtration system and it sits on my counter holds a lot of water and I you have to refill it from your tap so this morning I you know spent a minute or two filling it entirely up so that I'll have lots of filtered water ready to go and came in here to record the first round of this intro that ended up getting screwed up which is why I'm recording it round two and you know that took about 10 minutes but when I went back out to the kitchen to get more water I saw Luna, my cat, staring at the floor, looked down, and there's pools of water all over my kitchen because here I had left the spigot of the Berkey, um, like pushed down as if like, like that's what you do when you want to get water out. And yeah, I'd left it pushed down because it had been empty this morning when I woke up, had pushed it down, forgotten to put the spigot back up, filled it up, the water was filtering through. Thus, it was going right through the spigot, as if I had a cup under there. But I did not. So the water went everywhere. And yeah, we're just going to let it evaporate, and the cats can play in it. <laughs> it's funny. It's funny. All is well and good. Uh, but speaking of well and good, today we have a very well and a very good episode overall, all about Ayurveda, body types, and overall body slash acceptance slash appreciation i would say it's with a beautiful human soul a great mentor phenomenal educator and human overall dear friend vanessa we first met through her own program cell 360 and it's pretty much you know to sum it up what i do with this podcast of trying to bring that 360 wellness approach to the masses. And they do it in much different ways, but nevertheless, such a neat way to connect. And 
uh, after talking with her, I just knew I had to have her on the podcast. And it's just something that's been so near and dear to me to understand this concept of a natural body set point. And with that, a body frame, a body shape, a body type. And for so long, as you'll, and you'll hear us explain this in the episode, but for so long, I spent my life just trying to force myself into a body that I'm not naturally meant to be, right? Like when I lost all the weight from disordered eating and my health issues, I was praised for it, right? Like people would say, you know, how thin I was and graceful and delicate and like a model, blah, 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 all that stuff. And it really took a toll on me because that became my identity. And so in the past year or two, as I've gotten through my health issues and as I've started to improve my health and handle my stress and work through built-up emotions and do all these things to overall improve my wellness, my body has been able to put on weight and gain weight to get me to just a truly healthy, stable point for my body shape and my body form, I would say. Uh, But that's hard, you know, when your identity is tied up in what your body quote-unquote should look like or what you would like it to look like, uh, letting it change, letting it settle into what it feels comfortable in, it's hard. It's really fucking hard. And the past, I'd say especially eight months of me, you know, just going through all these life changes and in that gaining weight and getting my period back and finally getting like curves and body shape has been so hard. Like I, I've struggled immensely with it and I've shared about that on Instagram and That's why I just think it's so important to, you know, relate when others share and to find the people that inspire you and to listen to, you know, podcasts or read books or anything like what we're going to have in this conversation today of reminders that your body is so unique. It is so individual and you have to do like what is meant for your body. And for me, and as you'll hear with Vanessa, that was for both of us, that was accepting a larger body shape, a different body type, a different body form than what we had thought we were meant to be. And for a bit of background behind what all I'm saying is that we go into Ayurveda in this episode and with that the doshas and the body types of the doshas. And as you'll hear Vanessa explain, there are different body types that correlate to different doshas and These just help us better understand the natural form that our bodies are meant to be and what they're happiest at, right? So you might be able to at least temporarily sustain that thinner body shape that you crave, but it might have adverse effects of if that's not meant for your body, like will you get a period? Will you experience gut issues? Will you experience other imbalances or autoimmune conditions? And once more, that could be flipped either way of the spectrum. So overall, this episode, I mean, it goes so in de- like so in depth, but yet it's so easy to understand. And I just love the way Vanessa shares and her approach to it, and especially just the reminder of like we are so much more than our physical body as well. We have an essence, we have a glow, and when you can prioritize that, damn, like that's to me at least where like you just shine, you just shine, and you glow so different when you understand and realize that your worth and everything about you is so much more than just a physical body. And so I really think this episode will inspire you, empower you along this journey of body acceptance or just body appreciation. 
It will help you work through, you know, some thoughts and beliefs and just things that really hold you back in terms of the body image struggle and or body dysmorphia. So please know that I'm right there with you on this journey. I still struggle and I try to share about that to just remind you of that fact that you are not alone. There are so many others experiencing this. And yeah, I don't know. I think it's one of those things that community does help. Knowing there are others, connecting with others on it, it can make an an impact. So give this a listen. Let us know your thoughts. I'm so excited to hear what you think about it, if it resonates, and would love to just have a discussion about this with you on, on the gram, in the DMs. So you can find me at Emily Feichels and at Let's Start Podcast. And then I will be linking all of Vanessa's points of contact down below. This includes her Instagram, Facebook, website. She has lots of educational content. Would love to connect with you. So yeah, let us know your thoughts. And without further ado, let's begin. You know, if you wouldn't mind giving just a bit of an introduction into who you are, what it is you do, and then we can dive into all the wonderful things we have to discuss today. <laughs> wonderful. So my name is Vanessa Cruchet, and I am based in Montreal, Canada. I am an Ayurvedic practitioner specializing in Ayurvedic psychology and a naturopathic doctor. Absolutely love that. And we first connected through a mutual friend of ours, Liam, and Cell360. We had such a neat conversation on body image over there. And uh, yeah, I just really admire the work you do and the passion you have and the mindfulness and such that you bring to, you know, just all the content and work you do. So very excited to dive into Ayurveda and just this entire realm of really 360 wellness, right? Because I think that's something we both advocate for. Absolutely. Yes. I love that you said 360 because of the organization Cell 360 and the round table and really going full circle about wellness. Thank you. Oh, yes, of course. And I guess starting with the basics, you know, you are an Ayurvedic practitioner and we've discussed that a bit on the podcast before, but it's been a while. So I'd love if you could just, you know, give a kind of explanation, broad view for anyone unfamiliar with what Ayurveda is, and then we can move on from there. Yes, absolutely. I'm happy you're still asking me that question because I know Ayurveda gained so much more popularity in the last 10 years, I would say. And I'm still finding myself saying, oh, yes, Ayurveda is the medical system of India. It's an Eastern medicine that focuses really on the root cause of disease. And disease is the lack of ease within our bodies. And the bodies, I say it with plural, because according to Ayurveda, there are three. There's not just our physical body, but there's also a psycho-emotional body Mm -hmm. and an energetic body that is what we refer to as spirit. And all those bodies need to be in full alignment in order to have balance and ease. So I'm very passionate about the, the science behind all this and it was really the medicine that attracted me the most in the eastern medicines and I practice it and I love that it's being practiced all over the world now. Yeah, no, it has gained, you know, quite a bit of popularity just knowing this in the past few years and I love though 
you know, as you're describing it, there the three bodies, right? And I, I know people that listen to this podcast or people that you know know of you and your work you do, like that is the 360 wellness, right? It's mind, body, spirit. It's the combination of just like living such an in alignment, right? Both internally and externally. And so I just love that. And you know, I guess besides the three bodies and everything that goes into Ayurveda, as you just explained, there are the doshas, right? The types that go into yes. it. So could yes. you just talk a bit on those um, just once more to kind of like lay the framework of this conversation? Absolutely. Love that question. So the doshas are three. We have vata, pita, kapha. And what a dosha signifies is really a psycho-emotional and constitutional type. So when we're looking at this, we're looking at the attributes, and it was based on the elements, the attributes of the elements. So if I go into vata, which is the first one I mentioned, is a combination of the attributes of air and ether. So we find somebody who is, you know, uh, like the wind. <laughs> moves fast, thinks fast, right? Metabolically, they digest fast. Everything is like it's moving and it's also uh, variable. So it moves quickly and it moves in different directions. And pita being fire, and we added a little bit of water to that so it doesn't burn out. The, the pita is more the attributes of a natural born leader, somebody who metabolically also has a strong uh, digestion, they can build muscle, they can, they can perform a lot and they're, they're very, very uh, much into their physical activities and kapha being the last one and the two last elements are the earth and water. So this has a composition more stable, more of density. Um, if we talk about, you know, physical activities, they prefer physical activities that are not so demanding because also they carry more, they carry more weight. It's harder for them to lose weight and you know, it's easy for them to gain. So, so they find themselves in the category of a combination of earth and water, which I often say it makes mud. So it's a little bit slower to move. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I love that. And when it comes to the doshas, is this something that, you know, it, you said it's a psycho-emotional sort of body, right? Is this something that we are born with or are these fluid like do we can we you know what I mean can we change throughout life because I know for me there's been moments where I've definitely felt like I lived a few years in that pitta and now I'm definitely embracing what I think would probably be like my true kapha but I'm just curious to hear you know <laughs> is this just me spitballing or is this the, some truth with it <laughs> <laughs> so there is and and I just wanted to add it's a psycho emotional and uh, body physical okay. so it's all of them and I did touch a little bit on on every single aspect so it gives you a more broad idea I love that you recognize yourself in kapha and in pita and at different stages of your life because here's how it it's explained so we have a constitution we have a um, dosha that is predominant often in many many cases and we have a combination of the other two 
So everybody has the three doshas in different proportions inside their bodies. Now, having the equal proportion doesn't make a better dosha. So there's always, you know, it's whatever you are and it's bringing out the best of the qualities that those elements play in your body, those attributes. There are disbalances. So it could be that sometimes you were born a predominant pita and then something happened in your life or you took on a different lifestyle. And then there was a, a dosha that became a lot more active in the imbalance. So if I can give you an example of that, let's say you were somebody who loved pita. You said you were fire. You were like very active mind and everything. And then something could have happened. And then you decided that with life, with your choices, with everything, there was a certain bigger stability or heaviness or that, that energy started becoming more present in your life. So you can feel more the qualities of kapha inside of you. You are still a pita predominant person if we did your dosha test. And as a practitioner, we could see that there's a disbalance in kapha. So we would try and actively work to bring it back to balance. Okay. Yeah, that makes complete sense. And I love that you mentioned we have all three, right? Because it's once more in that way, you can't really, I mean, you could, but it kind of pre prevents you from just labeling yourself or being stuck in a box, right? Of like, I Absolutely. am kapha. It's like, no, like I'm, I'm all, it's just, as you said, it's like a shifting and just plays with that, like light, you know, like the path of life almost. And I'm sure, I don't know, I'm sure they probably even have some seasonal sway to them as well with the seasons, but I'm just, I love that there's that fluidity with it as well. There is a big fluidity and it's, even if you're predominant of one dosha, we can do the dosha quiz. It's on my website, vanessaayurveda.com. And you can see what your predominant dosha is or your tridoshic, right? Mm -hmm. And, and that it's just a compass. It's just to understand a little bit better what your tendencies are, you know, what your strengths are and your weaknesses. And this is what's beautiful. Every dosha has so many strengths. And every dosha has things that we can prevent because we know that if we go too much into a certain way of living, let's say we move too fast all the time, like vata, right? At one point, there are, you know, the, the, the negative, I don't want to say consequences, but there is something, there's a cost of mm -hmm. that. So knowing that we can say, okay, well, restorative yoga would be a great thing to do for somebody who moves a thousand miles an hour so that they can have that moment to really come back to themselves. Oh, I love that. Yeah, I love that. And it, I mean, it just goes to show, and this is something, you know, I, we planned on talking about, but I think what's great about these modalities, right, such as Ayurveda or for some that might be astrology or whatever it is, like they're all ways to just help you better understand one aspect or another of life, right? Or it, it allows you a bit more just like personal knowledge, self-awareness, et cetera. And just really helps, I feel, open your eyes to like what else is it, it, there is. And part of that and what we can kind of shift to talking about now is right, like these body types. So there's the doshas and then something that you wrote a wonderful article on, and I just resonated with it so much, but when it comes to like body types, right? 
and even understanding how a practice like this can help us really see, accept, or appreciate like the natural form we have as a human being and the freedom and the relief that can come from that understanding or that knowledge. So could you dive into that topic a bit, give like your explanation and just background with it so that we can understand how Ayurveda can help us relate even to our physical forms in such a way as well? Yes, absolutely. So there are three doshas, as I explained, vata, pitta, kapha. And then when we were looking at the frames and the different parts of the physical appearance, because we look at the physical appearance to read to assess what predominant dosha or which dosha combination is there. And uh, the body types, the frame and the way the body looks, start, we started looking at it as a whole when I was studying at the California College of Ayurveda. And there was such a beautiful relationship with the morphologies that we already know, which are ectomorph, endomorph, and mesomorph. So Vata being someone who is thin by nature, very hard to gain weight, lose weight, uh, would fall more into an ectomorph. So we have somebody who is have a thin frame, thin bones, and already this is the predisposition, right? Which is something that we saw a lot in the modeling world where now it's becoming a little bit better, but you know, 20, 30 years ago, like you would see only ectomorphs walking down the passerelles, right? The, the... And now when we can understand a little bit more, like there's different body types, it's very hard for somebody, let's say, who is another body type, to fall into being just skinny, right? And I wanted to share that I was kind of in that position. So I was a body type that I'm gonna explain next, always my life, uh, mesomorph, which is a medium frame, uh, broader shoulders than an ectomorph. It, it's the attributes of pita. And, and this person, yes, they have more muscles. They, it's easy for them to build the muscles. And, and at that point, you find yourself, you know, with a body that can look more like it could still look medium to thin or medium to a little bit more curvy. And it's still a mesomorphic body. It's a body type, right? And the last one would be the endomorph. And the endomorph, like kapha, would be the body type that tends to be more voluptuous and more round features. You know, the body frame is also larger. It's harder for them to lose weight. Um, and what I find fascinating with this is that culturally, sometimes, depending where you are in the world, there are people who think that the endomorphs, right? The more curvy is very attractive. And in this Western culture, we, for a very long time, for I would say at least my generation, the more thin type was always, you know, revered as the iconic model of beauty. And that can have a lot of consequences psychologically or even with the relationship we have with our bodies when we look in the mirror of not feeling that we fit the type that we wish we were. 
So being in that position where for myself personally, I thought I was an ectomorph and it was very easy uh, for me to be thin because I would put myself through so much exercise and diets and I suffer from eating disorders in my teens. It was a lot of pressure. And once I understood that I had a mesomorphic more body type, I was able to give my body the proper amount of exercise and the proper amount of meals and be able to have a better relationship with what I was seeing in the mirror at the end of the day, instead of trying to fit the mold that my frame was not fitting to begin with. That avoided me a lot of frustration and um, feeling inadequate or not being enough or that I could never attain that goal. Oh, I love that. And I so resonate. I'm sure many listening are right now too, right? Of that, just that desire to almost just constantly be what we are not, right? Like I, I've shared this before and it's probably similar, it's similar to what you were just saying where for so long, you know, I was in that ectomorph form. And what's become clear to me in the past year or two, as my body's been changing and I really struggled to accept it, was that exact thing you just said, where like, I was in that form when I was pushing myself to my absolute limits, you know, when I was obsessive about what I ate, when I was obsessive about exercise and workout, when I was, you know, putting so much focus and attention in a disordered way towards my body. Like, that's not natural, right? Like what's natural is when I can eat, you know, with a bit more intuitive freedom, when I can move my body in ways that feels good. And then my body settles into the shape and form that it is. Right. And that's, you know, when we talked before, it was all about my journey with body acceptance, body appreciation. And it's been that journey, right. Of accepting like my natural form is not what I always thought it was. It's not what I pushed myself to be. It's what I'm settling into now. And there've been ways that have shown me that, right? Like I've got my period back. My mental health is finally like feeling so much clearer. And I'm just curious for you, like, did you notice any other benefits, whether physically or mentally, when you started to accept, you know, like this is my form, right? Like I'm, I'm not that, I am this, you know, and this, this is my natural form. Mm, it was freedom. To me, oh, it was so liberating to actually understand that I was trying so hard to fit a mold and that that didn't mean exactly health, right? Even though I could look uh, thin and I have a lot of compassion for that part of me that wanted to so much be like a model and, and have those compliments and when I started to look, I was actually, you know, what's really interesting, I didn't have this information until I started studying Ayurveda. I always thought I was going to always naturally be an ectomorph. And when I got to California and I went to the college, uh, we were doing uh, some analysis on each other and they pointed out that I was underweight. And I said, of course, I'm not underweight. I must be like at least three pounds more than what I'm usually am. And I said, no, actually for your height and, you know, your, your morphology and also like the bones and everything, you should be 10 pounds uh, more than what you are right now. 
I'm like, 10 pounds? No way. No, no way. Like in my head, it made no sense, right? And I took on the challenge after reflecting on it and saying, I want to see how I feel. More than how I look, I want to really see how I feel. And it was incredible what that did to my to my emotional, psycho-emotional body. Mm. So as I was starting to relax around you know, the exercise, I was still exercising, but I was also including restorative yoga and, and walks instead of runs and all those things that felt a little bit more calming, my mind started calming down. I wasn't experiencing so much fear and overwhelm and I was really tuning in and I felt I could occupy a little bit more space by just being softer with and gentler with my body. And as my body was really nourishing its tissues, I was feeling like I was really like, I was walking and I was feeling my body being connected to the ground. Because when I was underweight or when I was like in the thin ectomorphic, I felt light like a feather. And I felt, <laughs> you understand, my head was also light. Like I would yes. move fast and right the vata quality, the energy. So for me, it was true freedom and more acceptance of what does my healthy weight and my healthy body feel like before I even looked at what that represented, it was like the feeling that I was starting to, to embrace. And then the acceptance came through the benefits of the feeling that I started to say, I actually like my curves. Although they were triggered for me in my teens, I was starting to say, well, this is, this is a body type that I am and I am starting to appreciate my curves. I'm not saying that every day was like a walk in the park. It took time to get there. And some days were easier than others. And depending on the comments I would hear, I would sometimes wonder if, you know, if I should go back to the ectomorphic mm -hmm. for a glimpse, because it's always a work in progress, right, Emily, as you know. So it's like we have good days. We have days that we are revisiting information or, or seeing it. And what I wanted to share is the true benefits of feeling more calm in my, in my whole body. Oh, I just, I want to highlight, I mean, all of what you just said, but especially that bit on freedom and then that bit on the feeling, right? The feeling sensation that I think so many of us turn a blind eye to. We are distracted from feeling into our our three bodies almost, right? Like whether that's our feeling into our mentally, our emotionally, the physically, however it be, I think, you know, there's just such that outward pressure from media and diet culture and all of it to prioritize, right? Like the looks. And for many, it is that ectomorph body type. And I think, and I'm sure you probably resonate, right? But like, it's just crazy when you have that shift of like you find you're, you're in a workout or you're walking or you're eating food or you're out doing something. You're just like, I feel so good in my body. And I think for many of us that struggled with disordered eating and, you know, eating disorder, exercise addiction, whatever it be, we get so used to tuning that out because most of the time 
we're not feeling all that great. You know, when you're not eating enough, when you're over-exercising yourself, there's such that low energy feeling, there's that exhaustion, there's the mental turmoil of it all. And so we just become so accustomed to tuning out of how do we actually feel. And I think it's beautiful that there are tools like this, right? Like understanding your body type, understanding even your dosha, et cetera, that allow you to bring feeling back into your life. Like what a beautiful gift, right? As you said, like freedom, like that is absolutely beautiful shift to have. Absolutely. Absolutely. And then it's embodying that energy of feeling good. And I just want to touch on this because I've, I've been exploring lately, especially since we did that episode together on the essence, the energy, right? The essence of, of what we are bringing instead of what it looks like, what it looks like in the mirror is like, what is the essence? And I'm, I'm starting to explore that in photographs. Like Mm -hmm. as I'm choosing a picture for a bio or something, I look at the essence, what am I transmitting? And this is such a rewiring for my brain, which is, oh no, I don't look that pretty here. Or I look like this or that, the critical mind, right? The dialogue, whether you're looking in the mirror or picture or whatever. For me now, it's like such a revelation that, wow, what what do I really see? If I was pretending that this was my friend, what am I really seeing? Does she look happy? Does she look confident? What does she look like? And what, what am I getting from this picture, from the essence and not always how perfect the body or the face or the expression looks or how symmetric, but rather what sparks in me when I look at that picture. Oh, I love that. And what an important aspect to bring up because we do live in such a photo heavy world nowadays, right? So much imagery, um, especially of ourselves. And that can be so triggering to some, myself included, you know, we all have our moments with it, but there is something to be said about the essence we give off not only in photos, but in real life too. And, you know, especially with photos, I lately have been trying to do the same thing, right? Like I, I love when I share something and someone says like, you look so happy in this. And, you know, past me had been critiquing it because I thought my face looked too round, you know? And it's like, at the end of the day, nobody's seeing that. They're seeing my smile. Like they're seeing that essence of pure joy, regardless of if I, think I'm like laughing too hard or if my face is too round or any of these critiques we pick out. It's like you said, nobody's like, how do you, how do you look at a photo? We don't look at it that way. You know, I'd say most people, we are identifying the essence of it. And I think that can be said for in person, right? Like, you know, those people, you just see them and they're, you're like, they just glow. They light up a room. They are, even if, you know, they're not out, you know, outspoken or any of those like characteristics, even if they're, you know, like silent or a bit more, yeah. like, there's just these people that carry that essence and they attract others. Magnetic. They, they are magnetic. Um, yes. Yeah. And you don't have to be outspoken, you know, loud. You don't have to be a standardized facet of beauty. You don't have to have any of these external qualities really, because it, it does come from within. Yeah. It is that essence that you said. Absolutely. You don't have to get on a scale Mm-mm. to have that magnetic right? So 
these are all like amazing, amazing insights. I'm so glad that you're tapping into that, that discovery too, because yeah. it's so, again, it's freedom, right? Freedom from the judging that can go around of how hard we can be on ourselves, mm-hmm. even when we know our body type, right? Because yeah. knowing our body type can be such a beautiful, powerful tool to understand a little bit more that there are so many, you know, uh, references of beauty in every single body type. There's not one and and it depends on the person. Some people like ectomorphs, others like Mm -hmm. mesomorph, nobody has, or endomorph, nobody has the thing. And the essence, I think we can all agree that most of us love an essence that gives off that in French, we say, je ne sais quoi, you know, that, that just that, that, that beautiful flair, uh-huh. right? That Parisian like aroma of, of love and of, of, of gratitude. So yes, I know I'm going more into the energetic body no. right now. You love that. Yeah. You love that. So. Well, is there, and like when it comes to the energetic body, is there anything else to be known, you know, when it, in regards to that in Ayurveda, because, you know, we touched on the body types here, but, yes. um, you know, I, I, I love talking the energy, all that type of stuff on here. And so if there's anything more that goes with like that energy, energy, energetic body, I'd love to hear it, but I know we might've already touched on it. So I'm not sure. <laughs> <laughs> well, we touched a little bit on it when it comes to the energetic body, there's so much to be said about it. And as you're asking me the question, I want to just say what I learned in my first year of studies. Okay. When it comes to that, it's just to remember, to remember that we are energy above all, to mm-hmm. remember that our spirit, right? No matter what your religious beliefs are, this is not a religious conversation. This is just energy, right? We, if we can all agree, even science agrees there's energy, right? If we can all agree on energy, when we, it comes to the energetic body, is that that body doesn't know all the problems as long as we can remember that we are that. We are love and we are that energy. And we, when we forget that we are love or spirit or higher self, when we forget that part of us, that's where in Ayurveda, this balance or disease mm. starts forgetting our connection to our essence and to nature oh I love that you highlighted that's when right like that that imbalance the disease can come into the picture because I don't know to me that just speaks of that detachment right between like body and soul or body and spirit you know body mind however it be um yeah and I guess I'm just kind of curious like when you're working with people right? And maybe they come in, I guess, first off, like, how do you work with them to identify their type? Or, you know, identify an imbalance happening in their body? I guess I'm just curious, like how this process works when you start working with someone. And I assume most people probably do have a bit of this, you know, detachment or imbalance going on. So I'm just curious how that process, you know, begins or goes about with you. Yes. Well, the process begins with an assessment, a full assessment. We do the dosha quiz. Then I give you a full like uh, intake form that 
talks about your medical history, your family history, your dietary habits. Mm -hmm. And then I spend a lot of time on the psycho-emotional because that's my specialty. So how do you deal with fear, with anxiety? Do you feel overwhelmed? How often do you feel that? Do you feel sad, stagnation? So we look at all the different emotions and how those emotions are being processed. And once we discover, and for most people, we haven't learned how to process emotions, you know, safely, comfortably is very hard because it's never comfortable to process emotions, right? But, <laughs> but it's so important to have that assessment be a safe tool to understand what are the triggers that we go to very often. So are we very critical or hard on ourselves, right? Mm because now I come back to a little bit the topic of today, our body image, right? Do we look in the mirror and do we criticize, we judge, we're hard. And we would never be this hard on somebody else, right? But this is the relationship we have with ourselves. And then I start looking into, okay, do you know that you're more than your body, right? So what's the essence? What, how are you feeling about yourself if we put the body on the side, right? Are you critical about your work? Are you hard on yourself about, because the way we are with one thing, right? If we're very hard on our bodies and we're probably very hard with our career or with some people, or that can transmute into different things. So when we bring the energetic body into play to assist us, right? Like the higher self, the spirit, we start seeing that there's only love. There's only at the end of the day, we're being really critical because there's something that we're dissatisfied about what we did. And the healing tool is really to bring in more acceptance, compassion, love, appreciation. It's easier said than done. This is why we do it in a practice, right? Because I can tell you that. Emily, bring more love, appreciation, <laughs> right? And then you go home and it's like, okay, well, I'm back to maybe feeling the triggers and looking in the mirror and judging or being all that. So, so there's a whole process of follow-up and holding and assessing and doing it well and then having to fix it again sometimes because, you know, we just had another reaction when we looked in the mirror or when we didn't feel good about ourselves. So the spiritual part and the energetic body is very important as well as the physical. Yeah, and I think that can even relate to that, the idea of the topic of how, you know, doing the internal work is what really, I, I think, brings about the change, right? Like, look at it in the essence of, you know, internal and external motivation, for instance, right? Like, when you're relying on an outside source to affirm you or validate you, right? Or make you feel good about your body or make you feel good about your work, et cetera. That only lasts so long until you go home theoretically. And suddenly you're hit with like the truth of the matter, which is like nothing internally changed, right? Like that mind, body, spirit, wherever you're holding that, if, if you're not getting to the root of it, if you're not doing that like deep work on it, it's eventually going to come back, right? And I was just thinking about this last night, like the difference between just that like internal acceptance or self-validation that you can build versus constantly seeking outside of ourselves for something, 
whether that's related to body image work, um, you know, self-beliefs, et cetera. And so I love that this work and this practice that you do, right? Like it, it is working with an external source, you know, you in a practitioner or something of that sort, but it's, it's also focusing that work back inward, right? It's not just saying do X, Y, Z to quote unquote, fix your body or to fix this issue. It's like, let's heal from like the 360 deep root approach so that moving forward, like you carry it with you, right? Like you make that actual, you make the actual change from the inside out and can keep at it. And so I just love that, like, to me, at least that's what I think has always drawn me to Ayurveda and especially people like you, because I I see that you have that intention, right? With like the work you do. Um, so I just wanted to like highlight that as well. <laughs> oh, thank you. I'm in full service, full, full service. <laughs> you touched my heart. Thank you for that. And it's so wise of you to say the external validation, because I see it even in, you know, let's take, for instance, the photograph, right? Mm-hmm. Say, I'll take me as an example. I'm criticizing something. And you will come along and tell me, no, Vanessa, you look great. And until that belief, neural pathway is not built that I think or feel or acknowledge that that is the truth, only my energetic body is probably saying, yes, you look beautiful, right? It's still not. It will still not have the effect. And the other part, which you touched on so beautifully, is when you say, when we are always waiting for external validation. So then we are always, I'll just add this, we are always at the mercy mm-hmm. of that. So it, it, yeah. it's such an invitation, such an opportunity to increase that relationship with our energetic body, that we are love, we are enough. Yeah. No, and I we love support. Yeah, I mean, even those as affirmations, right? I don't think any of us here those words spoken probably enough, both from ourself and, you know, there are significant others in our life that we do. It's, it's nice to hear those from, but um, yeah, I mean, I even, you know, and I know some people can kind of cringe or write off affirmations, but how powerful, you know, could it be to maybe every now and then journal or speak aloud or speak, you know, mentally to yourself, those affirmations, you know, of we are loved, we are loved, we are enough, you know, we are supported. And yeah, I would just kind of as like my closing invitation for people. Let's, let's give that a go. And I'm just curious if you have any, any last, you know, just like message affirmations, reminders that you'd love to just share with those listening um, so that they can carry that with them when they leave this episode in the space. Yes, absolutely. So one of my favorite one is gratitude. Hmm. I give such gratitude for every little thing like so if I wake up in the morning and I had a good night rest I'm like oh I'm so grateful that my body's rested and I'm so grateful for the day that is coming ahead and then I'll use the mirror again because this is one of the first things we do in the morning Mm -hmm. most of us we shower and then we apply certain skincare protocols and everything and it's just, it's a shower of love. That's all I'm going to say, because when I'm putting my cream on, you know, and we call this self uh, abhyanga, self massage in Ayurveda, I'll talk to my body as I'm putting the cream on. 
I'll be, and you touched on this, Emily, when we were together, like the body appreciation, right? Mm -hmm. And 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 just appreciating. And I I'll just touch on how good I am in my body right now to have it work for the moment, the way it's going in the morning, and then appreciate that and then dress it up and then move into my day. And there's such a beautiful, I find that when there's this relationship of connecting to the energetic, the essence, the energetic body, and at the beginning, it can feel like, okay, this is a little bit awkward, or I still need to do this again. Doesn't need to be perfect, just trying it. And then going from this gratitude, gratitude for how magical and how amazing our bodies can be if mm -hmm. they are, because they're there for a purpose too. They're there for a purpose. Oh, yes, yes. We are so much more than just a physical form per se. And I, I love that you have, yeah, it's the gratitude, the appreciation, and, you know, what just a moment of self-care too, you know, to be intentional with little things. And I think that's something to be said if, if you're someone with, you know, not a lot of time or you don't know where to even start. It's like, what part of your routine can you maybe implement uh, these practices already into, right? As you said, you're putting on your creams and lotions in the morning, add it there. You're taking your shower, add it there. You know, you're taking the dog out for a walk. There you go. I don't know. So that's, that's how I've done it. And I love that you, like even just the start of your day, those simple tasks, they can really, you add those in and they can transform into just a lot more. So I, I absolutely adore that. <laughs> and in my calendar, it's written self-care. I love it. Like the first <laughs> half hour in my calendar is, I love that you refer to it as self-care because it's so self-care. Oh, 100%. Yeah. Caring for that full body experience. <laughs> and Ayurveda believes that the way we, and was taught this way, the way we start our day. So the first things we do in the morning for ourselves, for our self-care, self-love, uh, will really determine the rest of the day. Oh, I love that. All right. And what freedom does that give too? Because it's it's not like you have to follow by any societal idea of a morning routine, right? Like, it just find what feels real, real good for you. And I love experimenting, you know, if the starts of my day of what do I need for this day? You know, what's, what's ahead of me? What can I do now to support future self? And so I think there's so much to be said for, you know, just how you treat yourself, your mindset, whatever, to start out each day. You know, we only have each day once. So how can we really support ourselves throughout? Absolutely. Absolutely. And if you were curious about the Ayurvedic routine, morning yes. routine, I have it on my website. You can take a okay. look at that yeah. and, and find their dosha as well on theirs too. Yes. They, they can also do the dosha test and I'll send over the results and perfect. Yeah. Awesome. Well, I guess once more, where can they connect with you? Where can they learn more, find out information, take the tests? You're just such a light. And I just, yeah, I, I really, I think this could help a lot of people. So absolutely. So, and there's the article on body types yes. uh, that I recently wrote. So uh, the information is vanessaayurveda.com. Vanessa is one S. 
Emily, will you be writing it on the, on yeah, the so podcast? Okay. I can, I can, yeah, I'll write your name out. Your name will be there and I can link everything below as well. So they can scroll down, click to take the quiz, click to, click to go to your site. And I'll definitely link the article too, because like I said, I just loved it. Excellent. Beautiful. Perfect. Thank you. Of course.